Livermore Live Music presents Spotlight. Shining a light on Livermore's incredible music scene. Here are your hosts, Rob Allen and Kevin Snyder. Welcome, everybody. We're coming to you from the studios of Advanced Creative here in Livermore. Our guest today is the city of Livermore and our very special guest, the Honorable John Marchand, Mayor of Livermore. Mr. Mayor, it's an honor to have you with us. Thank you so yes, much for welcome. coming down. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. It really is. I love talking about our community. Yeah, well, and we're going to do a lot of that. Thank you so much. Um, before we start, I just wanted to make a quick comment. You know, we've, we've talked on this show a couple of times before about how the, the strange quirks of fate, right? The flaps of butterfly wings that bring you to a place in your life. And I was going to mention, I don't know if you knew this, Kevin, but um, I originally wanted to be a monk, but I didn't get the chance. Uh-huh. Where's my soundboard? Oh, where's your soundboard? All right. I apologize. <laughs> As well you should. Yes. <laughs> so um, here's what we want to talk about today. Uh, we'd like to get just a little personal background on you and, you know, kind of your life history and how you got to where you are today. Um, we want to talk to you a little bit about music and any musical sure. ties and connections that you might have. Um, but, you know, move more to the city of Livermore and especially the growth of Livermore over the last couple decades or so and where mm -hmm. that's going. Um, we want to talk to you about Measure P which we know is uh, an important topic on your desk. These for days. progress. Yeah. Um, when, and then we'll, you know, move around a little bit and talk about plans for the future, both your own personal plans and plans for the city. And then at the end, we'll make sure that you have a chance to get the last word, uh, talk about anything else you want to talk about that we didn't get a chance to go to. So um, let's get started with you. Tell us a little bit about, you know, where you grew up and how you got here. Wow. Okay. So I grew up in Hayward, uh, born and raised. And uh, my dad started out as a motorcycle cop. Uh, on a seven-man department, and when he retired 33 years later, he was the chief of a 120-man sworn department. Wow. So uh, I, uh, and my wife's family is five generations uh, fire service. My dad, third-generation police. Uh, so I've literally got public safety and, and public service in my blood. You're baked in, yeah. Uh, our, uh, our nephew just got hired on as a firefighter in, in, uh, in Denver. Oh, congratulations. So uh, he's the fifth generation. But... Uh, uh, started out, uh, I said, I, uh, uh, went to school in Hayward, got my uh, degree at, at Cal State Hayward. And, uh, I can say that I am the mayor of Livermore because I taught chess to fourth graders at the Hayward library. Uh, my first real job was at the Hayward library. And, uh, that was during the, the Boris Spassky, Bobby Fisher era. I remember and, that. and yeah. if you remember Rocky three, really drew upon that because it was the, the champion of, of Russia versus the champion of America. I remember, yeah. Well, that started out as a chess match. Uh -huh. Well, there was so much interest that I started, I started my own chess club. So I taught uh, uh, chess to the, these kids. And when I graduated from college and was applying for my first job, uh, out, after college, one of the questions they asked, do you have any teaching experience? Uh -huh. Well, yeah, I taught chess to fourth graders. Yep. Well, that got me my first job at the uh, uh, Point Melody Marine Lab, which was an estuary and ecology lab, uh -huh. which then got me my job at the uh, City of Hayward uh, Wastewater Plant, uh -huh. which then got me my job at the Alameda County Water District, which got me elected to the Zone 7 Water Board, uh -huh. which got me elected to the City Council and a mayor. So wow, as a, that's yeah. So it's a straight line. Yeah. But as I tell young people when I'm talking to them, uh, I write an equation on the board that is luck equals skills plus opportunity. Yeah. And if you have the right skills, when the opportunity presents itself, you can create your own luck. 
So I encourage everybody to get as many skills as you possibly can, because you never know when you can tap onto that skill set. And the exact skills that somebody needs to get something done are the skills that you have. Right. That's, you're just exactly right. Yeah. And we talk in music sometimes about um, people who make it big in the industry and, and people say, well, they got a lucky break and, or they were just in the right place at the right time. And that's not it at all. They're in a million places at a million times with skills. And one of those happens to be the right one. They give them the big break. But you're just exactly right. About Harrison Ford doing the, uh, the carpentry work on uh, uh, Tony Orlando's home. Right. Yeah. And just that skill set got him into the right place. Right. Yeah, exactly right. And another example of the, the butterfly wing flaps that we were talking about. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about your family. Well, uh, I have uh, two sons. Uh, they uh, uh, both live in the area. Uh, they both graduated from Livermore High, uh, from Granada High, mm-hmm. uh, Livermore Schools, uh, but both graduated from Granada High. Uh, one is uh, uh, in the medical profession, and uh, the other one is uh, 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 works with uh, yeah, providing construction materials. So they're both uh, uh, both on their own, so that's a good thing. Uh, my wife and I have uh, been married. Uh, we just celebrated our 41st year, ah, uh, 41st anniversary. Uh, I thank God every day that, uh, that she said yes when I asked her. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, she just retired as a school teacher from the Livermore School District, and she is uh, also an artist. Uh, you've no doubt seen her work. Well, you know, I, I have to tell an anecdote here. So I have two granddaughters. Uh, they're both uh, uh, one and a half and three years old. And so we often go for, for walks in a stroller around our neighborhood. And down our street and around the corner, there's this big electrical box that has this beautiful mural painted on it. And both the granddaughters get so excited when we come to that box. But, you know, they see the cat and we go and we talk and we pet the cat. We see the butterfly. We talk to the raccoons. I mean, they know that box and they love going on a walk past that. And the artist's name is painted in, a, in very small print in one corner of it, and it happens to be Marchand. That's my wife. Which I assume is your wife, yeah. And, and so there's a wonderful story behind that, because the dog that faces Jack London uh-huh. uh, is Lawrence, Lawrence yeah. the Livermore Lab. And Lawrence was a therapy dog uh, for the veterans at the VA hospital. He spent over 1,000 hours uh, serving the veterans as a, as a, uh, a therapy dog. And uh, so when, when Lawrence passed away... Uh, Pat Wheeler, uh, his owner, asked Sue to do this utility box. Uh-huh. So the dog um, on the uh, uh, that's perpendicular. So Lawrence is in the front, right? And then uh, Alfred is in the back. Yep. Uh, he's one of Pat's other dogs. There's also Thunder and Buster, right? And those are two therapy dogs as well. Uh, and then Gatsby, which is the dog with the raccoon. Uh, that's uh, that was our dog. He re- he passed away last year. Oh, sorry. He was my therapy dog. Yeah, and, and the cat was Tiger. Uh, that's our, our cat as well. Wow, so, that's what a great story. So those were all therapy animals uh, on that box. Uh, she also painted the uh, the uh, purple iris uh-huh. at the flagpole. Yes, yeah. Uh, that's another one. And she also did the roses uh, across from the Hanson Rose Garden uh, and the. Uh, uh, sunflowers right uh, at the Royal Cross. Well, those things are fantastic. And they, they, well, it, it reduces graffiti yeah. and it brightens the downtown. And it just brings, I mean, I know it's brought joy to my granddaughters, but I'm sure it's brought joy to, you know, countless others that have passed by and just seen those wonderful paintings. It's fun. It's just something that's fun. Art should be something that people can appreciate as part of their everyday lives, right. whether it's uh, visual art, 
uh, music, anything. It enriches our lives. So one of the things that I've tried to do is to ensure that we can incorporate that in people's everyday life experience. Yeah, which I think, which is a good segue to getting to talk a little bit about your career now and the things that you've done. for. So you've been involved in Livermore, formally involved in Livermore City Government for how long? A long, a long time. Well, okay, so I've been on the City Council for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I uh, was on the Zone 7 Water Board, right. uh, which ensured the drinking water quality for the region. Uh, as uh, That was for another 15 years. Now, as I said, I spent my career as a chemist uh, overseeing the, the water quality mm-hmm. for Fremont, Newark, and Union City. Uh, and then I tested the water here and saw that there were improvements that could be made to the water quality here. Mm-hmm. So I got elected to the Zone 7 Water Board. And... Uh, uh, in the course of, of several months, we changed the way the water was treated, and it was resulted in improved water quality for everybody in Livermore, Pleasanton, and Dublin. Right. So actually, the two water agencies that I worked for, uh, the uh, Alameda County Water District and the Zone 7 Water Agency, one as a chemist, one as a board member, those two utilities were recognized as two of the top 10 in the nation. Out of 161,000 uh, those were two in the top 10 in the country. In terms of water quality. Water quality, yeah. water improvements, uh, water reliability. Yeah. So uh, something I was very proud of That's that I could be, be part yeah. of that. Because water is the most fundamental compound for life to exist. Uh, life can exist without light uh, and it exists without oxygen. It cannot exist uh, without water. Right, yeah. Um, I want to segue a little bit. Oh no, I'm sorry. But so that you—that was how you got into the water district. But at some point, you decided to to get more involved with the city council, and then you were vice mayor. You, right. you started as vice mayor in. Well, so it was it was in 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, Party Homes was trying to put forth an initiative that would have broken our urban growth boundary. Now, as you know, that's something that's very precious to everyone here. Is, and that's, that's an initiative that I worked on in 2002 mm-hmm. to create this urban growth boundary. And that's why our hills are protected. That's why our vineyards are protected, is it takes the development pressure off of the land uh, and ensures that there's, some, there's a viable economic uh, uh, incentive to keep those vineyard lands yeah. uh, as vineyards. Right. So uh, in 2005, Party Homes tried to bring in uh, an initiative to break that urban growth boundary. And I... Uh, uh, I realized that I needed to run for the city council or we were going to lose the council and lose the urban growth boundary. Mm-hmm. So that's what motivated me in 2005 to run for the council. Uh, when our mayor uh, termed out in 2011, uh, I realized that, that I needed to run for mayor mm-hmm. because, once again, there was no one that had the skill set that was necessary to move Livermore ahead uh, where we needed to be. Yeah. So once again... I uh, looked around and thought, well, it's it's got to be me. Yeah. So I was fortunate that I could step up. Uh, that at that we point, were all fortunate you could step yes. up. Well, thank you. But at that point, I realized that if I was going to be mayor, I needed to do that full time. Now it doesn't pay full time, right. but it's a full time job. And uh, I chose to retire from my full time job and take upon uh, the mayorship as a full time job. And uh, uh, we've been able to do some remarkable things in this community. Uh, there are promises that were made over 50 years ago, which are finally getting done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're seeing it right now. Uh, Stockman's Park was a promise that was made 57 years ago, uh, and it will be completed this year. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, we're getting out of that triple-wide trailer that we've been in for the last 
30 years, uh-huh. uh, and we'll be moving into an emergency operations center and a council chamber that is really worthy of this community to conduct their business right. with the city of Livermore. Those are all such fantastic things. The Emergency Operations Center, by the way, is something near and dear to my heart. I was one of the lab's emergency duty operators uh, for or officers for for uh, a long time at the lab. And the importance of a facility that can manage that, you know, once every two years, once every 10 years major emergency, the difference between having that facility and not can be the difference between lives, property, money, and your ability to manage it. So to me, you know, the fact that Livermore finally got that up and operational is a huge big deal. One of my uh, my most previous uh, vice mayor, uh, Bob Carling, who was the uh, uh, director for the combustion research facility, mm-hmm. uh, I think said it best. Uh, he said that uh, that he, he's worked with, with emergency operations centers and that he said, Livermore doesn't have an emergency operations center. We have a room that we call an emergency operations center. Right. And that's true. When people would, would ask me, well, why do we need an EOC? Because we haven't needed one for 150 years. And our, my response was, uh, there's a lot more to fall down and burn up than there was 150 years ago. Yes. And in four words, Napa, Santa Rosa, Paradise. That's why you need an emergency operations center is because uh, if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. Yeah. And if if we don't need the EOC for a couple of years, it's not that big of a thing. But if we have an emergency and we don't have it and people die, people will never forgive us. For not having it, right. right. No, you're exactly we need right. to be prepared. And this gives us the tools that we need. Uh, to to accomplish those goals, and one of the things that I've always that I, when I when I got elected mayor, I met with all my department heads, and I said, "It's my job to get you the tools that you need to do your job. It's your job to tell me what those tools are. Yeah, what you need, right? That's excellent. Hey, we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna." change gears a little bit. We're going to come back and okay. talk more about the city in a second, but um, I'll tell a quick story here. So uh, I was having some uh, some email interactions with you as we were getting this set up. Um, and, oh, and by the way, before I forget, uh, a big shout out to Marianne. Thank her so much for putting me in touch with you and for you know, smoothing the way to getting to this to sure. happen. You know, that's fantastic. And at some point I sent an email to you and I, you know, said, this is kind of what we're going to do. Somewhere in there, we'll ask you about your musical ties and we'll talk about the city. And, I, I didn't uh, wear a musical yeah, tie, but, by and, the way. So uh, the mayor wrote back uh, and he said, well, I don't have any musical ties, but I have a Jerry Garcia tie. And I called Kevin, close enough. And I called Kevin up and I said, okay, this is going to be a good guest, right? Because that's my kind of, that's kind of my joke. But let's talk about your musical ties a little bit. Do you, do you, uh, play, happen to play any instruments? Uh, I do not. Okay. Uh, I, I played recorder for a while. Mm-hmm. I was sort of fiddling around with that. Uh, I whistle. That's about the extent of my musical talent. Uh-huh. Uh, I can uh, whistle Bach inventions, but uh, oh, oh, we that's... won't do that. But my uh, my older son is quite an accomplished guitarist. Ah. Uh, he uh, uh, has had a couple of bands. Uh, they've produced uh, several CDs. Uh, he had a band called Aftershocker, mm-hmm. which... Uh, uh, just some amazing guitar work, uh, but it was a, a great band, and uh, we had a lot of fun with that. And he's since uh, he, he still plays, but uh, uh, it's just the question of how much time you've got. But well, you sound like you, yeah. uh, if you don't play an instrument, but that you enjoy listening to music. It sounds like you know classical music, and do you get a chance to go out and do you go to concerts, uh, uh, opera? Yes. Uh, so one of the fun things that I've done is. Uh, I've actually been on the Bankhead stage a couple dozen times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in the Nutcracker, uh, dancing in the Nutcracker. I was in 
uh, two operas. I was in Deflator Mouse and uh, Carmen. Wow. Uh, I was uh, uh, in the uh, uh, world premiere of Caliendo's Hobbit Suites, uh, where I was uh, narrating as Gandalf. It's a great photo. Yeah. Uh, I met my wife in musical theater. Uh, and if, in fact, in front of the Bankhead's uh, Theater, uh, there's a brick uh, that is an incantation from the first play that I did in the acting company or, where I met my wife. And the incantation is Nonus Mercatum Similis Teatralis, which is Latin for there's no business like show business. Uh-huh. Excellent. And uh, so uh, been to a lot of concerts at the uh, at the Bankhead mm-hmm. uh, with some amazing uh talent that comes in there. Oh, I used yeah, to have yeah. to go to San Francisco to see George Winston, right. uh, Otmar Liebert, the finest uh, flamenco guitarist, the biggest selling flamenco guitarist of all time, uh, was at the Bankhead. Jake Shimabukuru, the uh, ukulele sure. player, phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, we have some tremendous talent. No, you're there. absolutely right. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the thing. We, we tend to focus on this show more on the local bands that play in local venues, but we don't forget, and it's certainly represented on the livermorelivemusic.com website, the uh, musical acts that come to the bankhead and also to the concerts at Wente, which are also big deals. But but we've seen both. We've gone together. We've gone with our wives. Gone. You know, we've seen some. Mark Cohn. Mark. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dave uh, Mason. Rocket in Memphis. Yeah. Dave Mason. Yeah. Roger McGuinn. Uh, Keiko Matsui. Yeah. I mean, just incredible musical acts that, that are here and available as part of the live music scene here in Livermore. Yeah. Well, and then you talk about local. Uh one of the recent concerts that I went to locally here mm-hmm. uh, was uh, Love Livermore Live. And that was sort of the, the Darcy Kent bottle rock uh, where we had some phenomenal talent. Yeah. We had uh, uh, Night Harvest uh, with Jim Hurley, uh, Lucas Sanchez, which is fun because Lucas Sanchez was in my wife's elementary school class. Huh. Excellent. Uh, and uh, they fast friends. Uh, we have Meredith McHenry. We had the Midnights. Yes. Uh, of course, Crawdad Republic. Uh, so we've got... and. What an amazing venue that is. And yeah. the fact that we've got so many wonderful venues here. You've got uh, you know, the Tuesday Tunes are coming up again for the summer uh, in front of the Shea Plaza uh-huh. uh, at, at the Bankhead Theater. Uh, so uh, the uh, the groups that come into uh, Blacksmith Square and all the, these wonderful, small, homegrown opportunities that we have right. for live music. It just goes back to making the arts part of your everyday life. Right. And it also corresponds, so we'll uh, move back to Livermore and the growth of Livermore. And, you know, of course, the city and its businesses and its enterprises are the important thing, but I'll I'll weave into this as we go along. It corresponds to the renaissance or the resurgence of live music in Livermore. You know, the two things go hand in hand. There's, there's more opportunities for businesses to create venues for music to be played because we have more restaurants, uh, places like Blacksmith Square and uh, Shea Plaza and so forth. But uh, maybe talk a little bit about, you've been so involved in the downtown renovation that started in the early 2000s um, through your tenure as vice mayor and mayor. Talk a little bit about that um, and like some of the things that you're proudest of that, that we've achieved. Well, one of the biggest things, which was really the beginning of this whole renaissance, was getting Highway 84 out of the downtown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for folks that that, that moved here fairly recently within the last 15 years, they don't remember that every two minutes, uh, a double trailer gravel truck rumbled through the middle of our downtown. And uh, that was because it was Highway 84. So there was this long concerted effort to move Highway 4 out of the downtown. It now bypasses and goes down the Isabel Expressway uh, so getting connect to 
Highway 84, Valacitas Road, and ultimately 680. Uh, but getting that off uh, of the downtown really cannot be understated as the beginning of the renaissance for mm -hmm. the downtown. Uh, it was then that we were able to bring in the Bankhead Theater. We were able to narrow the uh, first street. Mm -hmm. So it widened the sidewalks and gave us room to be able to put in the outdoor dining at, right. uh, at Strizzy's and at uh, uh, the uh, Dimitri's. Uh, first Street Ale House, yeah. what a tremendous success. Right. All up and down that, that <clears throat> section of uh, First Street, you know, all those wonderful outdoor, indoor and outdoor venues. To you know, It was absolutely yeah. transformative. Right. Uh, because I've got a photograph that was taken about 15 years ago on a Friday night, 6 o'clock. Of downtown, mm -hmm. uh, just uh, this side of uh, 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 Bruno's, and you could fire a cannon down First Street, and you wouldn't anything. Right, there's nothing there. Yeah, but uh, now, uh, at a Wednesday afternoon, the downtown is just absolutely vibrant. Yes, because everybody wants to be there. It's the, it's a wonderful gathering place. I, you're absolutely right, and and uh, for us, uh, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturday evenings are just fantastic to walk around because there's so much live music going on. You can just duck in and out of places. It's not New Orleans. It's not Bourbon Street. But it's it's that with a Livermore, you know, slipcover on it um, that is just, you know, uh, fantastic. And, and it's uh, because everybody wants to be there. It's, you can feel the feel the energy. It's just that this vibrant uh, uh, life energy yeah. that we have down there. And as you said, these little small venues that you can pop into – uh, Revolution, uh, which yeah, uh, yeah. which used to be the uh, 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 oh, it was uh, Sanctuary, right? Uh, all these these really cool places. Uh, Panama, the last word, Panama, Panama Red, Panama, yeah, right? Red, all these these great little places where people can just come in uh, and play music, uh, and it just adds to our quality of life. I absolutely agree. Um, you know, uh, we. Uh, started this website a couple years ago for various reasons, but uh, we were certainly aware of uh, the live music scene in Livermore and how it had grown by leaps and bounds over the last few years. But even we were surprised once we got it together and were able to look at um, and, you know, catalog all the music was going on. Just what an incredible and fairly sizable live music scene we've got in Livermore. There were over uh, from March of last year through December, which is the latest that I've collated all the numbers, on average, over 150 gigs a month. That means that 150 times a month, there was a band at a winery or a brewery or a restaurant or Blacksmith Square or wherever out there playing typically three hours. You know, Most mm. of those gigs are free. Some of them were paid gigs at uh, Bankhead or other places. But uh, even even we were surprised by yeah I was by how that, much the, the volume yeah. the sheer volume well, of the we have we we've, we've got a, a guy called the singing winemaker yes. out on Tesla Road yeah. and and you've got uh, the now that you have the acoustic lounge out at Darcy Kent right yes. and uh, you know there's music up at McGrail's and there's all these these great opportunities where people can and, and, and what's better than to have something good to eat kick back with a glass of wine and listen to any range of music. Right. And, and we've got it. Uh, we've got a, a tremendous uh, depth and breadth. And, and as you, you mentioned, uh, you know, my music tastes tend are, are very eclectic. Uh -huh. uh, I uh, have a strong appreciation for uh, classical, whether it's Bach or Telemann or Vivaldi. Uh, we had Bach played at our wedding. Uh, but uh, my wife's uh, second, my wife and my second date uh, we went to the California Palace of the Legion of Honor 
uh, for a performance uh, of uh, Johann Sebastian Bach. Nice. So, uh, and then last uh, couple months ago, I went to see uh, ZZ Top there you and go. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, Leonard Skinnerd. Uh, so. Got a whole wide range, and we can get all of that right here. Yeah, that, and we've commented on on this show about that many times about the range from a single guitar player in a coffee shop through you know many of the dozens of excellent local bands that play at dozens of venues around here to national and internationally known acts that that come to the Bankhead and to the to the concerts in Wente. So we've got the spectrum that's just I, I think it's unique. What was a real revelation for me? Uh, I saw G three. Uh, a couple uh, years ago, uh-huh. and to hear Ingvi Malmsteen launch into Toccata and Fugue by D minor was just jaw-dropping. Yeah. It was just, it, it was seeing that, that classical piece of music in a completely different light, but it shows how timeless music is. Yeah. That you've got a long hair like Malmsteen shredding the Toccata and Fugue in D minor and making it work. Exactly It was, right. it was, it was you got chills. It was just, it was breathtaking. Yeah, yeah. And he's got the chops for it. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. He was really good. And and uh, and the beat goes on, right? I mean, we've st- we started that we, I didn't have that much to do with it. You had far more than I did. But the city started this and has supported this renovation of the downtown. It's going on decades now. And we're at another crossroads. We're at another important uh, plateau in the grand plan for uh, what we'd like Livermore to be in a controlled way. Uh, let's talk a little a bit about planned way. Let's yeah. yeah, not necessarily controlled, but certainly well planned. Right. Uh, because uh, we're not the puppet masters. You know, we're uh, uh, this 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 downtown process uh, that we have. Uh, that was something that we undertook years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually part of the uh, uh, the general plan review committee in two thousand four, which is when we started this this downtown specific plan. Mm-hmm. And it's been this this ongoing process as this has been planned. And every step along the way, there's been a tremendous amount of public input, uh, a lot of outreach. Uh, this most recent effort, we had, uh, uh, it, let me just back up a little bit. It's interesting. There's a, you mentioned Measure P. And as we're uh, moving ahead with that, there's all this sudden, this sudden controversy about where the hotel is going to go. Mm-hmm. Well, in 2004, when the downtown plan was was initialized, uh, they knew where the bankhead was going to be. And if you look at the west wall of the bankhead, okay. you'll see that it's not all brick. It's stucco. Ah. And why would you use two different building materials? Well, it's because when they built the bankhead, they knew that that's where the hotel was going to go. Uh-huh. It was going to go on the west side of the bankhead. And that's why they put the stucco, because they knew it was going to be covered up. They didn't need to have... All the the expensive, expensive brick. brick, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, they they went with the with stucco because they knew that's where the hotel was going to go. Right. So when we rebooted the downtown plan, we uh, appointed a nineteen member stakeholder committee, and we allowed each stakeholder to appoint their own representative. Mm-hmm. So after months of input, months of uh, of, of public input and right. comment from thousands of Livermore residents. There was universal agreement from all 19 members. And LB Pack was on there, the, uh, the Heritage Guild, all these stakeholders, the, the, the Stockman's Association, right. Downtown Inc., residents. So all these groups unanimously agreed that the hotel had to have an iconic presence on South Livermore Avenue. Mm-hmm. 
and and this is where we've, we've continued to focus is putting that on South Livermore Avenue. Now, there's been, there was some discussion on whether it was on the west side mm-hmm. or the east side, but there was unanimous agreement that it had to be on South Livermore Avenue. Mm-hmm. Now, the number one priority we had for the downtown was more parking. Okay. Got it. Mm-hmm. Number two priority was the preservation of the town character. And the way we saw that, especially even that that catalyst site, was Stockman's, oh, it was uh, uh, Blacksmith Square. Right. And uh, uh, which started out as a blacksmith shop, then went to a, a muffler shop, just dealing with a, a different kind of horsepower. Yeah, right, right. right. And, uh, we actually did a show on Blacksmith Square a, a while back where we yeah. talked about that very yeah. transition. Yeah. yeah, just different horsepower. Right. And uh, uh, in fact, my son, the guitar player, got uh, the muffler for his 76 Ranchero there. Yeah, my 69 Ford pickup got a new manifold. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, um, but one of the concerns that we had was to protect the town character, we realized that, well, first off, there was a group that wanted Blacksmith Square taken out and replaced with this West Side Hotel. Mm-hmm. We realized that that wasn't going to work because people liked Blacksmith Square. Then the idea of putting a, a four-story hotel overshadowing Blacksmith Square, well, that that wouldn't work either. Mm-hmm. So in order to keep all the different priorities uh, together, we realized that we really needed to put the hotel where it was originally planned right. on the east side of, of uh, South Livermore. I understand. Well, suddenly now this small group that didn't get what they wanted uh, has corrupted that narrative into, well, Yes, everybody wanted it on South Livermore Avenue, but since they wanted it on the west side of South Livermore, now it should be put on the east side of L Street on Railroad, mm-hmm. which makes no sense. Um, the uh, uh, it, it, it flies in the face of what we heard from the community, that the community believed whether east side or west side, it had to be on South Livermore Avenue. Mm-hmm. East of L Street does not meet that requirement. Right. South of Railroad doesn't meet it. Well, walk us back, back, us, back us up a little bit and, and walk us through Measure P specifically. So what, what is Measure P? What does a yes vote mean? And what does a no vote mean as far as Measure P is concerned? Okay, great. So a yes vote on Measure P affirms the council decision to put the hotel where we heard the vast majority of residents of Livermore, we heard from thousands of residents, a yes on P affirms the council decision to enter into a development agreement with a hotelier to put the hotel on South Livermore Avenue where everybody wanted it. Yeah, and you've got an established hotelier that right. has got the resources and the technical know-how to make that happen. Right. Um, a no vote uh, prevents that from happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it automatically sets up at least another year's delay uh, until November, where there's a vote on the on rezoning the downtown. Uh-huh. But because this 118-page initiative is uh, is so vague, it's going to require a whole new series of uh, workshops and public input to uh, to start placing these items because it just rezones the uh, the downtown. Okay. It doesn't actually. How is that going to affect the time frame? Oh, for... the the best guesstimate that I've seen is about five years. Uh, about if, five uh, years if, of delay. If, if, if P fails, if P fails, and if this initiative passes, uh-huh. it's about a five year delay. 
okay. before everything gets sorted out. If you if you don't factor in the the uh, the lawsuits, but the uh, the initiative is 118 pages. Uh, as I said, it's very vague. Mm-hmm. The uh, the referendum, and this is, I've seen a lot of of uh, misleading ads that the uh, you know, thousands of people voted to put this on the ballot, but no one read the 58 page referendum before they signed it. Now, they're walking out of Walmart or Target right. or whatever. Yeah. And and what people were being told is sign here for a larger park. Well. In the 58 pages of the referendum, the word park is not mentioned once mm-hmm. because it's not about a park. And the the signature gatherers, and I talked to a lot of them, mm-hmm. uh, they actually violated state law. They were paid signature gatherers yep. um, that uh, uh, were not from around town. In fact, a lot of them came up to me and said, well, you know why the mayor's corrupt? And I said, well, I said, I'm the mayor. Yeah. So, uh you're just getting so off please on the tell wrong. me, yeah. 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 Right. But uh, they, uh, so they were told that it was about a large park. And the, the, the paid signature gatherers were told right, that. Right, uh-huh. And the fact of the matter was people were deceived because this referendum has nothing to do with a park. It has everything to do with a development agreement for, for a hotel, hotel where the residents of Livermore wanted to put the hotel. Right. Well, this is why this narrative was de- deliberately corrupted, is because this small handful of people isn't getting what they want. Yeah, yeah. And so the only way to do that was to lie to the voters and to get this thing on the ballot. Well, now we're seeing a continued litany of misinformation. Uh, the, uh, the yes signs are being vandalized. Hundreds of them have been stolen yeah, and, and, and cut up. Unbelievable, yeah. They've been cut up. I, I, in, in 30 years of politics in Livermore, I have never seen the violence uh, that's, that's happened. Uh, these signs are being cut up. They're being crushed, uh, tossed into the bushes. Right. I have never seen this level of, uh, uh, of, of vitriol before. Yeah. And what I want is I want a fair and open election. So let's get, if, if, if they're, honest and they say compare and decide then be honest with the information so that everybody can look at all the information and compare and decide right uh there was a, a phenomenal revelation at the last council meeting where it was revealed that this imaginary hotel that they have in their drawing uh is uh and no hotelier has been identified yeah uh they it, one of the uh, the the founders of this drawing admitted that there is no on-site parking, even though people are being promised that it's more convenient. Right. Uh, there is no parking. Uh, and they revealed that it is expected that the city will have to build the parking and subsidize it, uh, that the hotelier will not do that. They're right. not gonna build their own parking. They're gonna require the city to build it and subsidize it. They even came up with a price for it, uh, a, a lease uh, agreement that doesn't take into account what it actually costs the city, but this group has already negotiated a price per parking space. And who elected them? We're elected. We undertook a months-long process to hear from thousands of residents. So Measure P affirms the council decision to put the hotel where we heard from thousands of residents that that's where they want it. Right. The no has been put there by people 
that have misled the public into believing this is about a park. It is not. It's about affirming a decision on a hotel in the downtown where we heard from thousands of people, right. that's the right place for it. Hotel experts, the executive director of the Bankhead Theater all agreed, this is where the hotel has well, to Well, we've go. talked to, uh, so Kevin and I play in a lot of the venues downtown from time to time. And um, this is always a topic of discussion. And to a person, the businesses downtown want Measure P to pass. They yes. want to move on with what they've been promised for years. And also another thing that comes up in those conversations is, there's other things that will follow after the hotel. There's the expansion of Blacksmith Square. There's the Black Box Theater, the Science Center, uh, other things that are part of the you know the overall right. renovation plan. Uh, if Measure P passes, then those things are going to move forward. If Measure P fails, then it's all back to square zero, and a lot of promises are going to get broken. So as far as I know, the vast majority of the business owners who contribute to the vibrancy of the city that we were just talking about, you know, they want to they want to get on with it. The you know the 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 park any plan that you or me or anyone would come up with is, is not going to give everybody everything they want. That's impossible. But we live in a society where you, you gather information and then you have a majority vote and then you, you move forward on that. And, uh, and I, I, for one, hope that that's the way that, that it plays out. Well, so do I. And this is something that uh, uh, we did hear from thousands of residents and we, we uh, uh, looked at all the different options and, and, we gathered input based on what were the important priorities. We weren't asking people to design their own, because we would have had several thousand designs. <laughs> designs of course, yeah. But we, what were the features we that understood they wanted, yeah. what the key elements were, what the most important elements were, and how do you balance all those out? It's, for example, if, if uh, you're told to go down and get a, uh, a red sports car, uh, but you realize that you got to put four kids in the car, uh, and the camping equipment. Right. Well, this is maybe what you wanted was the the, the, the two what seater. You thought you wanted, yeah. But on the other hand, is what you you take all your competing priorities, and maybe you don't get the red sports car, but you get a red van. Right. Uh, so you take all those priorities. That's why the council is elected to make the land use decisions. Is we go through the thousands of pages of uh, of documentation and the planning, and we have the experts that, that right. work all this out, that do the traffic studies, the financial studies. And then we come up with the decision, because ultimately, we have to make it work. Uh, right, right. And I, I don't want to get into this too much. It, it starts to get into politics. It's not our, our job here. But I, I will comment, the last city council election that we had was a bit of a referendum on this, in the it sense was. that there were people on the council who you know, were proponents of certain things, and there were people running against them who were proponents of more like what's evolving now. And there was an overwhelming message from the community as a result of that city council election about who we wanted to represent us to manage those details and, and move it forward in the way that we wanted it to. Exactly. You know, uh, uh, Vice Mayor Warner uh, got more votes than the other candidates combined. Right, because he'd made it clear how he felt about some of the aspects and features that, of the of the and the community understood that. I mean, I right. garnered over seventy percent of of the votes because people understood that we've worked on this a long time. Uh, we heard people want more parking in the downtown, and we're moving ahead with this. We've, we're making beautiful progress on Blacksmith Square. That is going to be a jewel. Yeah, we're yeah. working on Livermorium Plaza. We'll start construction on that later this year. That's something that I'm very, very proud of because that's going to show the link 
between Livermore and the world science community mm -hmm. uh, and bringing the community together once again in our beautiful downtown, our right. beautiful award-winning downtown. Our downtown is voted the number one downtown in the East Bay. Yeah, and, and for good reason. And uh, to bring it back to a slightly more parochial concern on our part, um, certainly I envision in my head what it's going to look like when we have that boutique hotel across the street from the expanded Blacksmith Square, and there's already this incredible music environment that goes on at Blacksmith no. year-round. And now all of a sudden you have more visitors from out of town who have more space to come and see more music in a bigger venue, and also who will walk up and down you know, the downtown and find all the other venues. And, um, you know, it's been somewhat, with Kevin and I have talked about this so many times, both privately and on this show. Um, but, you know, it's somewhat aspirational, but we would like to see Livermore become a legitimate music destination. Uh, one of our guests recently used the phrase, uh, you know, the Austin of wine country. Yeah. I like that phrase. I like and that. It's, you know, it's not just uh, talk. I mean, th it, it exists as we speak. I mean, there's this incredible music scene. And then I think about what that would look like with the hotel and Blacksmith Square. I mean, it would mean tremendous things for all the businesses downtown and for Livermore as a, as a magnet to attract visitors. Um, but for our aspirations of continuing to support and encourage the, the live music scene we've got going on here, you know, to me, it's, it's a match made in heaven. Well, for example, you know, when, when we opened the Bankhead Theater, Bernadette Peters opened the theater. Right. What a great show. I mean, she's such a professional. But uh, she stayed at the uh, uh, Rose Hotel in Pleasanton. There yes. wasn't a place for her here. And to have something where you have the artists coming in, staying at the hotel, performing at the Bankhead, Tuesday tunes at the Shea Plaza in yeah. front of the Bankhead, walking across the street to the uh, uh, Blacksmith Square, walking downtown to get something to eat. I mean, just this wonderful, vibrant community. I know, it's just incredible, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's great. No, it's very exciting. Yeah, we're, we're really excited, too. And, and uh, as uh, our guest uh, from Blacksmith Square said the last time we did a show, um, people just want it resolved. They just want to get on with the plan. And uh, so we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed. I think the voters in Livermore are pretty smart. I think, uh, you know, good things are going to happen. Uh, and, and there we'll go. Well, get the word out and get onto your social media. Yeah, well, that's why you're here. That. That's it right. Is. Well, great. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. One other reason you're here is um, we have to stop and take a short break here. Um, and we're going to play a uh, bad joke pass around. So okay. I, have, I have the official Livermore Live Music Bad joke pass around hat. I, I actually have a. a oh, do you? A oh, bad then joke we will, if you want. I don't, yeah, I don't no, need one. You don't need one. Go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, well, we've talked about uh, Carmel. Yes. And uh, that's uh, one of my wife and my favorite places on earth. And uh, uh, so just south of Carmel is the Carmelite Monastery, uh -huh. uh, right across from Monastery Beach. And so we toured that recently. Uh, you can actually get up in there. And so we're walking through. So we saw one of the, uh, one of the residents there, uh, and he was. Uh, uh, cutting thinly sliced potatoes into, into hot oil. And I asked him, uh, so are you the fryer? <laughs> and he says, he says, no, I'm the chipmunk. Ah, <laughs> so excellent. And back, back to your joke. To, yeah. And so, uh, and, okay. Kevin, I, I'm, I'm not going to, he can't compete with that. Yeah. So I'm going to choose one. Is it crazy how saying sentences backwards creates backwards sentences saying how crazy it is? There you go. Oh wow, that's that's, that's quite impressive. That's, that's Did you do this yourself? Palindromic <laughs> sentence. No, I wish I I wish I was that clever, but I'm that's not. That's good. And I, that's so good. I'm also not going to 
draw because now you prompted me to tell oh. the following. So at that very same monastery about 200 years ago, the rule used to be that the monks weren't allowed to talk at all, except once a day when they were all sitting down at breakfast, the head monk would come down the stairs and he would chant to everyone, good morning. And all the monks would chant back, good morning. So one day the head monk comes down the stairs and he chants, good morning. And all the monks chant back, monks chant back, good morning, except one heretic who chanted back, good evening. The room went quiet. You could hear a pin drop. The head monk looks around. He says, someone chanted evening. Uh, yeah. but Where's I'm, my soundboard? Yeah, trying, to tie, <laughs> trying to tie the music and the bad jokes together. Hey, uh, let's segue a little bit about plans for the future. We've talked a lot about uh, the city of Livermore, but what are your plans for the future? And then also, what do you see for the, for the city looking over the horizon a little bit? Well, uh, I've been working on Valley Link, uh, connecting the, uh, uh, the jobs and housing. Uh, we've got a lot of jobs in Silicon Valley. There's a lot of housing in San Joaquin Valley. How do we connect those and free up the traffic on 580? Yeah. I was in Washington, D.C. last week uh, meeting with our congressional representatives and the Department of Transportation about how we make these connections. Uh, I uh, Linking transit, housing, jobs is going to be absolutely critical mm -hmm. to the quality of life here. Uh, I see the quality of life uh, in Livermore. Uh, we've got to keep working to make it better and uh, keep this an amazing place to live. Uh, uh, continue to make the, the downtown more vibrant. Uh, we've got some wonderful plans in place. We just need to keep that momentum going. Right. And I see that within the next couple of years, uh, the downtown is going to be just an amazing gathering space. We've got two parks coming in. We have Stockman Park will be completed this year. Veterans Park will be completed in probably another three years. Uh, just a place where this community can come together and celebrate together rather than this never-ending battle. Right. Uh, we did hear from the people, and we're moving ahead with what the people wanted, right. what they told us they wanted. Uh, so uh, I'm very excited about that. As far as my future specifically, as you know, I term out uh, this uh, at the end of this year. And... Uh, uh, for the last 30 years, every step along the way was laid out for me mm -hmm. because there was a need for my particular skill set, and that's where I stepped up uh -huh. to serve. Uh, I'm waiting to see what next enterprise or what next effort is going to require my skill set. Huh. Uh, and I haven't seen it just yet, but I got another 11 months to find it. Okay. And I'm not done with public service by a long shot. Uh, public service is, is tremendously rewarding. I love it. Uh, I serve this community because I love it, and I love the community because I serve it. Yeah. Uh, we started our uh, helping hands with the uh, uh, the LDS Church. Uh, our community service council uh, works with eight other. Uh, actually, I think we're up to ten different churches now. Uh, multi denominations whether it's the uh, uh, the Hindu temple, the the Syriac uh, Eastern Orthodox. Uh, we've got such a wealth of of communities within our city that want to serve this community. So it's bringing all that goodwill together. Uh, for me, is very exciting. Wow. So uh, there's going to be a lot of great things That's going excellent. on. And I think to motivate people to step up and serve, uh, I think that you know, in the words of, uh, uh, of Thais and Desh, no, um, Rabindranath Tagore, sorry, Rabindranath Tagore said that um, I slept and dreamt that life was joy. 
uh, I awoke and saw that life was service. I acted, and behold, service was joy. Yeah. And I think for everybody to recognize that the joy in service, uh, it just makes our community better. Uh, over 90, we, we, do, we, we do a citizen survey every uh, couple of years after an election. And 94% of the people thought that Livermore is a great place to live and raise a family. It's a lot of folks. That's a lot of people. You can't get 94% of the people to to agree the sky is blue. Right. And what I thought was even more remarkable is that over 50% of the people that responded contribute their time. The most valuable thing that they have, they contribute time back to the community. And, you know, that's an important thing to to comment on, too. It's so easy— to get a little bit frustrated by, uh, you know, things that are going on both in Livermore and nationally and internationally. Um, and and uh, there, there is. But it's also important to, to just celebrate and recognize how many people are like that. They do contribute. They, they, they do kind deeds for one another or they give their time in various ways to various things. You know, people are fundamentally good and there's a lot of good things that, that come out of that. Uh, by the way, um, I don't know what life will present to you as your path moves on, but if you ever want to take piano lessons and, you know, maybe find a seat um, as a second keyboard player in a band, you know, we'd be interested in talking to you. I appreciate that. Hey, um, you don't, need, don't need a vocalist, huh? Uh, uh, oh, actually, we could use another vocalist. Oh, okay. Too. Okay, we'll talk, yeah. Now, if, I could, if I could only sing. Yeah, but you can whistle, I heard. That's so, right. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, well, I've I've done 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 I had to replace my whistle with a kazoo because I couldn't whistle. So I have a kazoo. There's a story there. Hey, uh, real quick, uh, we like to do a, a tips and tricks thing about Livermore Live Music. Uh, okay. So quickly, I just want to mention to people, I think most of our audience knows, but if you don't, in addition to the website, livermorelivemusic.com, we have a Facebook page, surprisingly called Livermore Live Music. Um, so if you're not a, a member of that, get on and join. We don't talk about gigs there. If you want to know about gigs, go to the website. But we trade notes about bands, we talk about music, we talk about opportunities that are coming up, and it's, it's really an interesting and vibrant place. So uh, if you're not on Livermore Live Music Facebook page, get on there and and uh, You should join also the mention the uh, uh, Twitter Right, we also have us on Twitter, Twitter and, and Instagram. Uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and again, both of them called Livermore Live Music, and a lot of good information gets exchanged there. And YouTube, there, so, yeah, at, right. If and you're YouTube, watching yeah. this. Um, last word. Anything else that you wanted to talk about? Put on the table. Questions we should have asked you. Um, shout outs to anybody that uh, either in the city or in your family that you just want to say hi to or give grat- not a gratitude to. Well. Certainly my family. That's, that's, that, that I can't do what I do without uh, having their support. But I get to work with some amazing professionals. Uh, the staff at the City of Livermore, uh, I am so gratified to work with such an amazing group of professionals that truly serve this community. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a tremendous amount of cynicism out there, uh, but it is really gratifying to be able to work with people that love this community, that serve this community, and continue to work very, very hard to make this community the amazing place that it is. Right. It doesn't happen by accident. It's from people that are passionate about what they do. Exactly. You know, we get great music because of people that are passionate about music. Uh, there are people that are passionate about good planning and to ensure that the city succeeds and, and is all it can be. Right. And, and we support the businesses because when the businesses succeed, the community succeeds. And that's why we all have to work together to make this happen. And right. that's that's where it's very gratifying. That's why I love what I do. Yeah, you, I mean, that's the key thing. It doesn't happen by itself. It's already a fantastic place. It's getting more fantastic every day. That's not an accident. That's right. Back to the election. When is it? Okay, it's March 3rd. 
March 3rd. Actually, it started out right now already because the ballots have already been mailed. Ah. So, uh, and remarkably, 70% of Livermore votes by mail. Ah. So uh, you look in your mailbox right now. Your ballots are probably there. Uh, you can vote uh, Start starting right now. Get the... Uh, get the word out, but uh, we want to hear from people. Uh, Livermore is a very engaged community. Uh, I changed the election date from odd years to even years because I wanted more turnout. Mm -hmm. In 2011, our voter turnout was 68%. In 2018, our voter turnout, self-reported in our citizen survey, Mm -hmm. was 92%. Right, yeah. So we have a tremendous voter turnout, but People can start voting uh, right now. I think the the ballots are in the mailboxes. Uh, get the word out. Get out there. And, and just to and state vote. the obvious, and get your ballot in by March third. Right. Yeah. And you know you can if if you're not registered yet, you can still register up until I think February eighteenth. You can register. Uh, if you're not registered, you can still go into your polling place and on site register and vote. It'll be provisional, but you can still vote. Right. Uh, you can go down to the Registrar of Voters in Oakland and vote. Uh, but the, the important thing is get out there and vote. Right. It's always important that, you know, get your voice heard. It does matter. You know, it's, it's important. And uh, especially on uh, Measure P this time around, you know, we want there to be a convincing statement from the informed electorate of Livermore about what they want so that once and for all, we can answer the question and, and move on. Yeah. If you want, be an informed voter. So, Read it. Yes. Yes. Read, if nothing else, read the ballot arguments. Uh, And then uh, if you're really hardcore, you can actually read the the referendum itself. Right. Read the initiative and educate yourself and find out what the facts are. Just don't believe what you're hearing uh, from other people. I'm a chemist. You know, you're a scientist too. We research on our own and draw our own conclusions. And we we tend not to accept... uh, uh, authority as the reason why something is true. You know, we want to go find it out. Empirical for evidence. That's exactly right. Hey, uh, thank you so much for. I got, oh, I got, sorry. I got one more shout out. Please, I, yeah. I was remiss about uh, shouting out uh, Cal State East Bay. That's right. Because Cal uh, State Hayward. Well, at the time I went to Cal State Hayward. Cal State Hayward. Uh, but the reason I wanted to bring it up was I told my do- my daughter that I would bring it up. She graduated oh. with a degree in geology. Oh, very good. Just last, last year, year. Yes, yeah. Just oh, last year. So I just wanted to shout out. Absolutely. Well, one of my longtime political uh, uh, allies, Jay Zuka, uh, oh, was Jay a hydrogeologist at, uh, at at Lawrence Livermore Lab. Oh, I know Jay well, yeah. 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 Uh, avid rock climber. Yes. Because yeah. I can forget how many times also he's gone Also a great sense of humor. Yeah. He's a funny yeah. guy. But no, he's a great guy as well. Yeah. And it, yeah, there's an earlier question about the best concert that I ever attended. Oh, yes. Okay. Way back, I think... It was hard to beat the experience of the days on the green. Yeah, the uh, the Bill Graham days yeah. on the green. Yeah. Just something about being out there, warm summer afternoons. It was just a great place just, to be. Just a vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just. It was. It was a wonderful. That's it. It was the vibe. Everybody just hanging out there just to have a really, really good time. Enjoy some really good music. The days on the green and. The Rolling Stones Voodoo Lounge Tour. Yeah. There you go. Voodoo Lounge Tour was just epic. Yeah. Amen. Again, thank you so much for being here. And and, and on a personal note, um, thank you for all you've done in service yes, to this community. I agree. For your entire career. You know, I mean, that's 
that's really remarkable. And if people don't know something anything about it, they should Google you and find out, you know, the wonderful things that you've done uh, to provide a, a rudder to this community through all the years. Thank you so much. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much as well. Uh, we want to thank uh, Advanced Creative and uh, Doug guys. and John so much, as always, for having us here. We just can't say thank you enough. We appreciate so much everything you do for us. Um, Livermore is a fantastic place for a lot of things, uh, but one of them is live music. So, uh, you know, if you're not checking it out, go to livermorelivemusic.com, find a band, find a venue, go see some live music. You won't be disappointed. Thanks so much. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you.